What's up, Zero to Hear podcast fans? Welcome back to the show. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there. Tonight's episode, Brad Bodnerchuk, he is a uh, restaurant consultant and we got together, well, not together, we got together for a phone call uh, recently to chat about all things uh, hospitality industry, how the industry has been affected, how owners of these businesses have businesses have been affected, how employees have been affected. This is a really, really, really interesting conversation. He gives uh, a few things at the end of the podcast, just ways that we as public can support and help our favorite local restaurants throughout Greater Vancouver. Give it a listen. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, if you are enjoying these podcasts, these uh, COVID-19 podcast updates, uh, chatting to businesses, how they've been affected and how we can help them out. Enjoy the show. Brad, thank you again so much for making the time. I know young family, lots going on with work and family life and dealing with all this crazy health stuff in the world, but we very much appreciate you taking the time to join us this evening. I'm pumped. I've been looking forward to this conversation. I, Coming from a background in hospitality, I am super interested in just hearing about how everyone in the industry now is coping with what's going on so very very fortunate to be able to have the conversation tonight with you yeah no my pleasure i don't know if you're picking that up my uh three month old <laughs> just decided just decided to wake up and have a conniption in the background so i apologize um yeah no it's my absolute pleasure like i said i i've i've been such a fan of what you and carl have been doing and have done and uh the fact that you accommodated my somewhat obscene schedule to get on the podcast it means a lot and uh, like I said I really respect what you guys do and it's my absolute honor to be here and to lend a bit of a message and a voice to what's going on in the hospitality space for sure I appreciate that I think hospitality industry arguably has been affected the most by what is happening health-wise worldwide right now so it'll be kind of cool and eye-opening I think for a lot of people to just get in a, get a perspective of what restaurant owners are going through at a time like this yeah it's been i mean we can get into the specifics talk talk like micro and macro on what's actually happening and there's a lot of messages that i'd like to share with the general public that on kind of behalf of the industry at least locally here in in vancouver and kind of across canada but it's been to your point i think it's been maybe the first industry that really felt the pinch yeah, and it'll probably be the last one that actually gets support when it comes to like bailouts and financial totally. support. So, kind of like first ones, first ones out, last ones in kind of thing, which is a bit of a shame uh, when we look at how important things like food and culture is to our cities and towns and countries. So, um, yeah, we have a lot to dive into, and I'm, I'm happy to field any questions you guys may have, and I'll ask them uh, the best of my ability. It's an interesting industry too, because like. My my dad owned like sports bars for a long, long time that I worked with, um, and just seeing the back end like financials of running a pub, the margins are super low to begin with in hospitality industry. Your fixed costs are high, and so when revenue goes from whatever it is per month, like average per month, to zero, 
the bank account starts draining very quickly because like a lot of these restaurants, especially in Greater Vancouver, rent is super high. Mm-hmm. So going from you know going down to zero revenue overnight because of a health scare having to close doors is uh, like well we're going to chat about it, but so harmful for a lot of businesses. Yeah, I think what we're learning now is, um, and through conversations with, with just people in the industry, again, from coast to coast to coast, and then my clients as well, um, we're learning more and more how vulnerable this industry is and has yes. been for so many years. And that's something that we need to collectively as a group really rectify and look at how can we run this business, this industry, so that, um, God forbid this happens again, but when something like this happens where it's where there's a shock, whether it's a month or eight weeks or twelve weeks or more, that uh, somehow some way we're able to keep these places running without uh, having to lay off. I think we're close to a million people now uh, yeah. across Canada that are out of work. so they're it's broken right now. The system is broken and hasn't broken for some time, and we realize that as an industry, but now it's about okay, how do we move forward uh, what is what is realistic uh, as far as expectations? But then also in that, the dynamic piece is that we have to, as an industry, try to, as best we can, like you will with real estate, is like, what is this going to look like coming out of this? What will be the okay. consumer behavior out of this? And that's a really challenging piece. And to your point about, um, if I can, like you're, you're talking about your father and what, what he owned, I guarantee you before he opened the doors uh, to any location, he was always considering, okay, how many seats can I fit in this square footage? And for a lot of people, it's just a math equation. And now it's going to look a lot different. Like, are people going to want to sit as close? Are people going to want to share food? Are people going to want to be, you know, at a long table family style? We don't know yet. And that's going to be the really tricky part because you kind of need to uh, kind of need to define that before you open your doors again. And uh, it's going to be really difficult, again, like I said, to try and fully understand consumer behavior like for example with real estate is this is this kind of virtual showings is this going to be the new way of doing things uh i would argue it's a lot easier on both parties but it's also dramatically different and changes so many aspects of uh of that transaction of the business fundamentally absolutely that's that's a really good point and just like what does hospitality look like once this is over and mm-hmm. we've had that conversation a few times with different people in different industries of just like, what are social norms after this? Are people shaking hands when they meet people again? Or is that just like crossed out for the rest of our lifetime? Like it's it's interesting and no one really knows until we get there. So interesting to hear the hospitality perspective of it too. But like, let's go back to the beginning and just kind of start from the beginning. Like what are restaurant owners currently going through you mentioned layoffs of like obviously if they can't open their doors but like what else are they struggling with right now well layoffs are the big thing and the layoffs really are just kind of the the byproduct of everything else that's happening so you mentioned Mm -hmm. again like the the fixed costs that exist in this industry and the biggest one being rent and when and there's a few other realities you need to understand fundamentally fundamentally the hospitality industry is a cash flow business meaning that for me to be open on April 1st, I need to be busy on March 1st. And for me to be mm-hmm. open, part of me, on May 1st, I need to be busy on April 1st. So it's yeah. it's always we need to be busy Friday so we can be open Monday. And that's just the way the industry has run mm-hmm. for so long. And to my point, what I said earlier, of how it needs to change, um, 
but your question about what what are they dealing with it's a lot of people unfortunately are dealing with landlords that that either are unwilling to work with them or those landlords I have empathy for them as well because they have bills that need to be paid and they're not getting breaks from say their bank or whoever it may be so right. rent has been a big dictator for a lot of the businesses that are either choosing to shut their doors completely or businesses that are uh, pivoting and you'll see a lot of them worldwide that are now doing takeout that never would have done takeout before and dealing with that whole thing. And that's a whole other conversation we get into that we're seeing now in, in major media is the reporting on these third party delivery apps, which are really, they're great for the user, great for you and I, the general public, when we want to get a pizza or Thai food or sushi, whatever it is, it's great because we just sit at home, we press a button and it's there. Not fully understanding how that order is impacting that uh, that single operation of the industry as a whole, and yes. they're they're taking say twenty to thirty points off of every dollar. Um, and to your point earlier, like you said, most people do know this intuitively. The margins are so slim in our industry. Can we really at this time afford to be giving away another twenty or thirty percent? And we're just we're just struggling to keep the lights on and keep one or two people employed. So the the biggest thing right now for this industry is dealing with those fixed costs that aren't going away and then having to lay off, I would say, two-thirds, if not all of your staff, and then really using, um, if I can use a term like a skeleton crew to run your takeout business. Um, okay. And a lot of people, a lot of people haven't been set up for that. Like I said, a lot of people don't don't do and haven't done takeout, but now they're being forced to and um, it's just, it's showed a lot of people some gaps in their, uh, in their model. But also, again, like I said, showing us the system is broken in this industry overall. So there's a lot of gaps in this industry and how we do business and in the model, uh, holistically. The, I, like, I don't want to say screw up cause like, this is something we've never seen before. So saying that people made mistakes is easy when, you know, this is all a brand new situation, but like the announcement of subsidizing small businesses, 10% of their employee salaries came out. And what I saw from like my small circle was just 10% doesn't really help at all. So a lot of the small businesses I'm aware of were forced to lay off basically because their doors are closed. Whereas like a week later they announce 75% of uh, small business salary, uh, employee salaries will be covered, whatever, whatever. Do you think that was just like a little bit late? Do you think the industry or business owners in hospitality would have tried to keep more people on salary if that 75% was announced sooner? Uh, I guess in hindsight, yes. I mean, it's a much, a much different number. 10 to 75 is quite big. Totally. Um, but it's also, to be honest, there's, I think it, with every, with every question, there's an answer with every negative, there's a positive. It's sure. just that duality, duality that is life. So I think with, with that 10% announcement and then the 75, the 10% really allowed people to take an honest look at their business. And that is never a bad thing. Um, sure. so it, it, and, and also it gave people an opportunity and I say this, uh, without sounding too cruel, but it gave people the opportunity to trim some fat that they've been trying to trim for quite some time in their business. So if sure. if you had an employee that was underperforming or an employee that was stealing from you, for example, but you didn't have proof, but you knew it, 
um, this was a time that you could do that and then kind of look at rebuilding your team back up with the people that you really want. So there, there were some positives that came out of it, I feel. Um, but I also, I also think that even 75% for the restaurant industry, uh, we could, we could always use more. So <laughs> I don't think the mindset changed a ton, although those numbers are so dramatically different. Um, it did allow for some people to open back up and kind of relook at their model. But I know some people that closed at 10 and they're still closed at 75. So there's still, um, because again, those margins are just so razor thin. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't cut it quite enough for our industry, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Even like speaking from an employee standpoint of the hospitality industry, like servers, bartenders, a lot of what, a lot of your income is tip income. So mm -hmm. when you go from, you know, normal working to being laid off, 55% of your pay stub is what 25% of your total income like it's quite significant it's not your it's not like your salaried position where you know you're making 60 grand a year or whatever it is so i feel like even just those employees who are now being laid off and having to claim ei are in a pretty difficult financial position yeah exactly i think that's a great point to make it, not only did it did does the 75% really not allow for the that sole proprietor or that medium-sized business to really move around comfortably in this industry, it, yes. it doesn't really yeah. help the the servers, the bartenders, the people that were relying on uh, those tips, which again is a whole other issue that I think needs to be fixed in our industry. But yeah, minimum wage covering 75% of that. But if, if that's all the staff is getting, and right now tips, if you're, again, if you're doing takeout, which most restaurants, that's all they can do. Well, that is all they can do. Um, what are you tipping on a takeout order? Ten percent, maybe, and then you get yeah. to share with us, share with the kitchen, and it's just, it's it's like crumbs right now. It's really, really, it's really bad. It's really stressful for a lot of people in our space. Uh, obviously, I'm not speaking to a lot of a lot of staff. I'm speaking more so to to owners and operators. But I know from stories that they're sharing that, uh, yeah, their their staff are stressed, and these owners are feeling that stress as well because the last thing they wanted to do was. I mean, one guy I know has five properties and had to lay off close to 230 people. So, wow. I mean, and he and he feels that. And I had a conversation with a a small single uh, single property operator, and she was in tears because she had to tell all her staff that she was closing the doors. Um, so, yeah, this is this is an interesting time for all of us. Um, it, we're all feeling it in some way, shape, or form. But I really do feel like again, the hospitality industry was the first first to feel it and probably the most dramatic um one overall from the owner like from the business owners you've been in contact with what's the overall outlook is it um is it doom and gloom or is it you know opportunity like you said to revisit that business plan adjust things for the better once you know things go back to normal is it you know seeking out opportunity for the future I think it's a, I think it's a bit of all three of those. To be honest, it's yeah. a bit of like jaw to the floor. Is this actually yeah. happening to us? I spoke to one uh, one owner. He owns two restaurants. Spoke to him a couple of days ago, and he just opened up his second restaurant uh, about three or four weeks before this all came down. And he said, 
just like uh, one week he had a busy restaurant uh, on a Sunday night and then and like two or three days later it was one or two tables and the next day they were totally shut down um, they're just so that that in itself can be very daunting to look at as a reality but now they've pivoted as much as they can and they're doing this great um, this great concept called staff meal I don't know if you guys have heard of it uh, but the idea is they're cooking for their staff that they've had to lay off. They're cooking for other staff in the industry that have lost their jobs. So they can at least ensure these people are eating at least one or two meals a day. So they're cooking, you know, really value, value add food, which is super cheap at like $5 or $10. And they're now encouraging the general population to come in and you can buy what they're calling like a suspended stew. That suspended stew is like you're putting your $5 down and that stew is going to someone who can't afford the $5 to pay for it. So there's things like that that are happening which are really positive, but they understand like we can't pay our rent off of that. So how do we do that? Um, there's a lot of people that are just coming together and sharing ideas and saying, how do we get through this? I'm sure you guys have seen it on social or at least maybe walking through like your main street or your high street. There's now a lot of those restaurants that are offering provisions now, like grocery sales, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. When the government lifted the alcohol, the alcohol ban, that was great as well. Um, but there were some gaps with that. So uh, there, everyone is working as hard as they can. I don't think it is a "woe is me" attitude, and they're throwing in the towel. I think those that are have that attitude probably haven't. Sorry, shouldn't be in the hospitality industry because it is so thankless. Um, so most people I talk to are are willing to gut it out some more but you know eventually after you hit a dog enough it's gonna like lay down so eventually these people need to either get more help or we won't have these independent restaurants anymore unfortunately is there is there anything else creative that like owners are doing you mentioned you know food for staff and that kind of thing which is really cool i didn't know that um but takeout is the obvious one that a lot of restaurants have kind of shifted towards. Is there anything else that like owners are trying to do to create a little bit of revenue in these times? That to me is it's it's really the, the only that's really the only thing they can do, meaning the takeout right now. That's kind of the only option. As far as creativity, I'm seeing a lot more restaurants that never did populate social, now populating social, which I think is such a smart move and telling their story or retelling their story, yeah. if you will. So getting creative with that, um, I'll just I'll just name the restaurant. So Say Mercy is the restaurant that's doing a staff meal. And every single day they do an Instagram live and they talk about their staff meal and they show the staff meal being prepared. And I just think, excuse me, I think that is such a smart thing. It gives people, like people want, what sorry, it gives you what they want nowadays, which is like a peek under the tent. Let me see how you do things. Let me see what you guys are about. And that that allows people to create a bit of a relationship for and. <laughs> And at this time, I mean, uh, I know for myself, I don't have a ton of spare time, but when I do, I'm definitely check, checking social. So people are definitely on their phones and on their laptops right now. And if you can be in that space and populate that space, moving forward as you come out of that, it's going to be really great for your brand if you can kind of seep into their subconscious a bit and you are either, you're the barbecue joint or you're the Italian joint or you're the spot owned by a husband and wife from the city, born and raised kind of thing. So as far as like creative food offerings or business models, I haven't seen anything outside of the to-go because that's all the government is allowing right now. Um, right. But what I am seeing is is definitely more effort uh, from everyone 
uh, on social, which I think is such a smart move. It's it's free, it's easy, it's accessible, and people love stories. So I encourage even my my clients uh, that I had, all my clients are basically paused right now as far as the consulting side of things. But I'm just encouraging those guys like turn your phones on yourselves, tell your story, and let people know who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do, and just do it every single day consistently. That seems to be pretty common across the board, regardless of what industry people are in that I've been chatting with, is just like the their understanding that these are going to be hard times for a lot of people really across the board, whether you're selling real estate, food, clothing, whatever it is. But the goal and the optimism seems to be towards like, let's do everything we can to kind of build brand so that in the future, you know, we create more awareness about our brand moving forward kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It is You kind of mentioned that about your consulting business in terms of like using social more. Are there any specific strategies or ideas or things that people are trying to do to kind of create that awareness or build their brand for, you know, three, six months from now when all this kind of goes away, hopefully? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I had I had one of my clients who I no longer work with. I, I worked with them for three months and Every once in a while, he'll shoot me a text and ask me a question, or I'll ask him a question. And he, he was speaking with someone who is a, a marketing consultant, and they were telling him, uh, or advising him, I should say, to post more memes and post more random content. And to date, all of his content has been just his food, like shots of his food. And he sent me a text saying, like, hey, what do you think? Should I be doing more like silly posts and stuff that has nothing to do with the restaurant? And just just so we're clear, I'm not a marketing specialist. It's not what I do. But I know personally what I like. And what I like is things that are just in their lane. And I just told him, I said, in my opinion, just keep doing what you're doing. And that's what I'm telling everyone is, is just represent who you are. Don't try and be too many things. I, I personally like a, a social media profile where I can go on and there's some consistency with it. I find that much more pleasurable to my eyes and to my brain. And if I see something that's really scattered, I'm like, who, what are you trying to be? Who are you? So if anything, as far as a strategy or a marketing plan, I would say, like, keep it simple. Keep it super, super simple. Tell your story. Turn the camera on yourself. Uh, let people see who's cooking their food or baking their sourdough bread or, or feature some of your staff that maybe uh, you just rehired because of this new subsidy or whatever it is. Put some faces to your business. That to me, you can never go wrong with. And again, it just it gives people a better idea of who is there and who's being impacted by you, the general public, choosing them as your option for dinner or brunch or whatever it may be. So tell your story, turn the camera on yourself and be consistent and don't be um, don't be fooled by trying to repost stuff that has nothing to do with what you're trying to do. Again, just my for opinion. sure. For sure. The other day I ordered uh, takeout from an Italian restaurant close to my house that I like. I And for some reason, like getting the food, looking at the food, I realized how much of like the experience of going out, eating a nice meal 
is outside of the actual food, right? It's the mm -hmm. environment that you're in. It's the ambiance. It's the music. It's the the great service. It's the presentation of the food. Food never looks good in those to go containers, right? No, it's all it's sweaty. Just like and, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of just like refreshed in my head. Obviously, I haven't been out to dinner in whatever it is four weeks, probably at least. Uh, I kind of just refreshed like how much I value and am excited for that type of experience. But like, is anyone getting creative with the way they present food in to-go containers or has that even been a thought or are they more just like, let's try to keep ourselves alive? Because yeah, those to-go containers are, are hilarious for me, right? Like <laughs> you, go, you go out to dinner, you go out to dinner and you get this meal. It's I absolutely love this meal. I can't wait to eat it again. I can't go out tonight, but I want that meal. I want to order it. And you get it and it's like, oh, this isn't the same thing. Yeah, I said that. I think I said that on our first podcast together. I said it's like the, not to this actual uh, question, but it's like the wow, wow music. It's like, why, why, when you open it up, it just isn't the same. And I think it's sure. great that that's where your mind is at because that's what we need to be. Uh, really focusing on it with this industry. We need to be making sure people understand, like we want you to come back into our spaces. We want you to come and experience everything. And it's never going to look as good in a box, in a tin box with a cardboard top as it would on yeah. our plates. Um, and especially if it's been on the back of some sweaty 20-year-old's bike for the past 15 minutes, uh, like being bounced around on his butt as he bikes up the hill to your place. Like, it's just, it's never going to be the same. Uh, obviously, everyone's working as hard as they can to make sure that the the food is as good as it is when you dine in. But like you said, how are you going to uh, recreate that ambiance and that true sense of what hospitality is when you're sitting on your sofa watching Netflix and eating out of a, a tin container? It's just, it can't be the same. So as far as creativity, I haven't seen anything. Uh, I think they're just trying to make the food as good as it can taste and get it out the door. Um, but I would love to see what people come up with. But again, let's not like gimmick it up too much. Let's just make sure the food is good and do what we can to, uh, to keep people intrigued. But yeah, we need people to really, like you said, really miss that true experience. We need people to get out once this is over and go and spend, you know, all that disposable income they can at restaurants because if they don't, it's going to be... Uh, have you guys seen Demolition Man? No, I have not, no. Okay, it's a terrible movie, but uh, Sandra Bullock and Stallone. And in Demolition Man, uh, the only restaurant in the whole city is Taco Bell. So I don't want our... <laughs> I don't want at the end of this, our reality to be... No shade to Taco Bell, but I don't want it to be Taco Bell. So if we don't go out and vote with our dollars... Um, and look for that true experience, it's going to be a city of Taco Bells, and, and no one wants that. Jeez, I sure hope not. <laughs> how, has, how has it affected your business? You mentioned um, like a lot of your clients have just kind of put things on hold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my business is non-existent right now, um, which is really difficult to say out loud, actually. Um, all of my clients that I was actively working with uh, we had a conversation when this all started to manifest and uh, contractually, I should be still getting paid by them because um, nowhere in the contract does it say that it stops when something like this happens. But this is such a 
a strange time and a strange thing. Uh, the last thing I felt I could do was was take money from these people when when really there was not much I could be do I could be doing from as far as like a consulting or advising standpoint. So uh, we put every contract that we have on hold, and I'm really just here doing whatever I can for my clients as they do whatever they can for their customers. Uh, and really just, I, I, I'm trying to learn as much as I can right now because I actually re- uh, released a podcast a few weeks ago and it was probably the most sincere podcast I released in quite some time and the title of it and the I, the uh, motivation behind it was, I just don't know, like I don't have an answer. I, I actually don't have an answer to any of this, which which is really challenging for me to say as well because I, I like to think I have an answer for most things, but this this is one that's completely stumped me and I don't know how we come out of this, uh, but we're, we're trying and we're trying through conversation, through community. Uh, so right now my consulting business is is on pause while the industry is on pause, like a lot of other people that are affected by this, but I know we'll come out of it and I know that there's value I can add to our industry coming out of it again, but when that is and, and how that's added is yet to be determined. From, uh, you know, I wish I knew you better, but I... Uh, <laughs> From what I know of you, you are not a guy that just says, oh, shit, that sucks and lays down. Um, so like, what kind of extra things or different things are you doing to kind of support the industry? Because I know that is where your heart is really is like supporting restaurants, helping them improve their business. Um, and obviously not being able to open doors, that can be a challenge. But is it more geared towards like encouraging people social media wise, helping build brand that way? Uh, it's, you know, that's, that's a really small part of it right now. I think the biggest thing I can do for the community and for the industry is just provide a platform, people to come together and connect. And that's what I've been doing through my podcast and just through regular conversation. There's a great, uh, there's a great group that was started on Slack. I think there's close to 9,000 people on it. Um, kind of Western Canada, all people in the industry, and it's just, it's getting in there and, and offering as much assistance as I can to anyone. Anyone's asking for it, but uh, outside of that, it's really just giving a platform. Like I said, through my podcast, people come on, like tell your story. Let me know. Let me know what the reality is. Let the general public know what the reality is, and and see if through those conversations we can come up with something creative. Uh, but right now, it's really just um, being an ear and and creating creating space for people to to come and share their story because there's a lot of stories that need to be heard, and right now uh, there's so much being reported. Uh, but not a lot of it is those those soul those solo entrepreneurs or those those small businesses. So the least I can do right now for the industry is give them a voice as best I possibly can. Do you want to just share your podcast info too? Yeah. So or the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So the podcast is the Half a Dozen Hospitality Podcast, and that's every Wednesday at six a.m. Pacific. It's a new episode. So uh, I thought about doing what you guys are doing right now and doing like a a gauntlet of of episodes uh but i'm just a little bit limited with my free time my recording time i'm actually right now in my front hall closet so i'm sitting on a sitting on a sleeping bag <laughs> uh the laptop is on a stepping stool and uh yeah my microphone is uh attached underneath some toilet paper so uh this is my current reality but we're making it work as best as i possibly can so yeah tune in to the half dozen hospitality podcast wednesdays at 6 a.m pacific Dude, toilet paper is like gold right now. How did you get your hands on that stuff? I kind of dropped that there to see if people would hit me up and start offering <laughs> me like, you know, Bitcoin or something for it. 
<laughs> well, it seems like you're in a comfortable position. So I'll leave you with this. How, how can the public, how can consumers, how can we support our favorite local restaurants outside of obviously ordering takeout? Is there anything else we can do to kind of support these guys through this time? Yeah, it's a great question, and uh, I appreciate you asking it. The the biggest thing, guys, and this is to anyone out there who orders food or has the vision of ordering food over the next few weeks as we as we go through this uncertain time, is is definitely do your best to uh, find the solo owners, the places that are owned by just one person, or they maybe they own two locations. Let's do our best to not go shop at those big multi unit places and I won't say any names but we know who they are uh, they generally have much more cash flow and can deal with obviously they're still feeling some pain but they can deal with this more so than these small to medium size so one I would encourage you to really find out who in your community that is and spend your money there and then two uh, if you are adhering to social distancing which I hope you all are and you're ordering in I would go an extra an extra length and call the restaurant before you order and ask them who they use for a third-party delivery and who they would prefer you would use because there are different third-party apps and different third-party apps take different percentages. So some are more advantageous for you to order through and are going to cost that owner less, which means that they keep more of that money in their pocket, which means they may have a better chance of being open when all this is done. So Two things is one, find out your local places that are owned by, you know, one or two people. And then two, before you even place your order online, call them up, say hello, thank them for doing it at these times and then say, hey, I'm going to place my order. Would you prefer I do it on your website, which a lot of people are doing now, which are keeping all the money, obviously, and then pick it up at your shop. Or if I want to have it delivered, what is the best option? How am I going to ensure that you get the most of my most of my money? through that transaction. That's what I would say to do. And then to your point, Denny is like, when this is over, get out, uh, obviously be safe, but uh, go and spend money at your favorite restaurants as soon as you possibly can, because if not, it'll be like Demolition Man. Check it out, check the movie out, and it'll be all Taco Bells, which no one wants. That's a really good point. I honestly, most consumers don't even think about that stuff, right? Whether they're using Skip the Dishes or, you know, Uber Eats or whatever third-party app is you you don't really think about how that is affecting the restaurant. You're ordering a $15 pizza, you're paying a $3 delivery fee or whatever. Mm -hmm. How much of that money is actually going to the restaurant versus to that third-party group, right? Exactly. Yeah. I figure a lot of a lot of us right now have that extra two minutes or three minutes. So pick up the phone, call the place up and just say, Hey, I'm looking to place an order right now. I'm gonna hit send. Would you prefer I do it with DoorDash or Foodora or Uber Eats? Like, what's better for you as an as as an operator? And I mean, that would just make them feel so awesome, and it gives them the time to have totally. a voice, and also gives you an opportunity to to know someone that maybe you didn't know at this time. I think that's again a positive uh, that's coming out of this. Is there's far more conversations happening. There's far more sense of community. Silo walls that were up are coming down in our space, which is such a great thing. So. As much as there are challenges, and there really truly are, there are a lot of positive things happening. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. And I know fundamentally we will be okay. It's just a matter of when and how. 
You know me, I always like ending on a very positive note and exactly to that point you just made. My last question for you is what are you enjoying most about isolation? Because for me, it's uh, the extra connections I'm getting to make with people in my industry, whether it be like other realtors, mortgage brokers, etc. I feel like I've uh, connected with a ton of people via Zoom call, Instagram, whatever it may be, just due to more free time. And the second thing, Brad, you're going to love this is I'm cooking more. Ooh, and I'm actually having a yes. lot of fun doing it. Well done. Are you having I, a lot of fun? I haven't seen that on social. You should put that on social. I've shared a few things. Okay. I made some wicked Brussels sprouts the other day that uh, I had a few comments on for sure. Nice. I'll have to go. Is it is it in your stories or in your feet? I'll have to go back and look. It was stories. I'll start okay. posting some more stuff. I'll do yeah. some more stuff next week for do sure. That. Do that. Made some Maui ribs last week that were deadly. Damn, good for you, man. I love that. Yeah, and that's something that's really great as well is, is getting people more engaged with the food that they eat. I think it's never a bad thing. Yes. And, then, and then you can also realize and appreciate what you put into those Maui ribs. So now when you go to a restaurant and that restaurant charges you $22, you're not going to be like, why the hell is it? You'll be like, I get it. I understand what goes into Maui ribs. So I'm more than happy to pay 22. I'd actually probably pay 25. So I think it's great that you're cooking it. I encourage more people to do it. I know a bunch of people are doing sourdough bread now, and now they fully understand how difficult it is to make sourdough bread. Uh, So I I encourage you to keep it up and kudos. So as far as things that, um, how did you word it? Things that I'm enjoying about this? Yeah, something you're enjoying most about isolation, whether it's like time with the family or, you know, whatever you're doing with extra free time that you wouldn't normally have this time of year. Well, I don't know if this is actually enjoyable, but it it kind of is. And and this segues into the, uh, before we turn the mics on, the bomb I was going to drop on your podcast. This is an exclusive, by the way. I'm giving you guys the exclusive. So uh, you better like blow this up on social. No, uh, I'm decluttering a bunch. (laughs) We're decluttering like crazy. I get it. Because we're moving, we're heading east, we're out of Vancouver, we sold our condo, peace, we're out, Vancouver, it's done, uh, 14 years, and uh, heading back wow. to heading back to my home city of Halifax with my beautiful wife and two kids, and uh, yeah, coast to coast. Wow, no way. Yeah, so this is literally the first time I'm saying it. Uh, out loud, I just actually just started telling my clients on the DL and uh, haven't even said it on my podcast yet. So again, exclusive, bro. Wild. Carl, we got to redu- we gotta, uh, release this tomorrow. We get it out there. <laughs> Are you pumped? Are you excited? You know what? It's mixed emotions. Uh, I don't want to yeah, put sure. too long of a tail on this kite on your podcast, but um, we love Vancouver. Lindsay, my wife and I, um, we love Vancouver and we don't want to leave. But that's where I'm from. That's where my family is. It's closer to her family in Ontario. We want to give our children a certain lifestyle. And uh, we want them to be closer to family. We want them to see their grandparents more often. And just can't happen here for us right now. So we feel like as a family, it's the best thing to do. Uh, But again, selfishly, we want to stay. But the thing about becoming a parent and anyone listening, you know this if you are parents. Like We don't do we don't do things we used to do in the city. Like we don't climb gross grind every Friday night. We're not running the seawall every Saturday morning and those things. And while those are great, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't resent my current lifestyle at all. It's just, I'm doing different things at different times. Uh, but I'm not doing the Vancouver, the Vancouver way. So I figure, uh, instead of moving to Abbotsford or Burnaby or new West, shout out new West, um, 
it's <laughs> it's best for us to to take the family across the country and be closer to family. So, yeah, man, the spare time has been a lot of decluttering, uh, packing, and uh, if you check out the video version of this behind me, you'll see a bunch of boxes being filled up. So, yeah, that's my reality, man, is using this free time to uh, to move the family east. Crazy. Yeah. How will that affect your business? Are you, is the letter business Vancouver based? Uh, majority is, I'd say about 70% of it is, but um, something okay. we haven't talked about is I've pivoted my business model to uh, completely remote. So I do all my stuff on- online now and actually just released a course. I'll plug it quickly. It's called the Culture of Excellence Program. So it's a program for restaurant owners, operators, uh, basically taking what I do with my clients in an eight-week program uh, sorry, what I do with my clients, condensing it into an eight-week program. It's all online, and that's something I've been selling uh, before all this madness happened. And that's really where I'm transitioning my business to is is more online and more remote. So fundamentally, it doesn't really impact me. If anything, it's going to uh, kind of expose me to an even, broad, even broader audience, which I'm really excited about, and getting sure. get me back to a community sure. that I knew so well uh, over 15 years ago. So I'm excited. Uh, it's good for the business, good for the family. and. Um, you know, it's, 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 I know it's going to be a win, win, win. It sucks that I'm going to be further from you guys, but Hey, we're only a, a plane ride away. Totally. Eh? And we'll have to connect, uh, if not more than yearly, like every six months or something like that, just to connect for podcasts, see how each other's doing and that kind of thing. Yeah, man, definitely. No. And I just want to say quickly, I really do like from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you guys. I think you're both super rad and I wish that to your point about like zoom calls and things you've been doing with your free time uh this this really has made me fully aware of how important time is and uh i don't i don't really have any regrets but i wish we would have spent more time uh together hanging out because obviously i can't like drive to you tonight and give you a hug and say see you later but uh know that in my heart and in my head i'm driving to you guys and giving you a big hug right now that means a lot man thanks for saying that yeah for sure Thanks for jumping on the call tonight, buddy. Go uh, enjoy the last bits of Friday night with your family. Uh, very much appreciated. Hopefully we'll uh, connect again soon for sure. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, Carl. Appreciate you guys. And uh, to all your listeners, keep supporting this show because these guys work their absolute ass off and this is not easy to do. And they do it so consistently and so well. So uh, hats off to you guys for doing what you do. It, it inspires me and I really appreciate you guys as professionals and as friends. So thank you both again.